world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Is it, is it just me or... Uh... Anybody, is anybody out there like me feel like you're in a time vortex? <laughs> like, how can, how can it possibly be the 25th day of July, 2022? How, how can that possibly be? And uh, I have to tell you that I spent probably, uh, I'm not proud of this. I spent the most vegetative weekend of my life this weekend. Vegetative mean I, I didn't do almost anything. I did a few things, but I didn't, I didn't do almost anything. As Michelle and I crawled in, in the sack last night, uh, I confessed to her. I said, man, I was, I was under some type of oppression all weekend. I don't know, I don't know what it was, I, uh, but I was. I had, a, had a great, I had a great breakfast on Saturday morning with Mike, uh, Blake, and uh, Glenn, and Reggie, and her husband, Dennis. We had a, we had a great something we're going to unveil later on that we're going to try to do. But when, I, when I got home, I was like, man, oh, man, oh, man. Where's my energy? My energy level stayed like that all weekend. And my sweet little wife said, well, honey, you just need a, you just need a time to recover. I guess, I guess that's what it is. So I apologize. I had about three of you. I was going to get phone calls back to, and I, I just didn't. And I, don't, I don't even have an excuse. <laughs> if, the, if the Lord had shown up and raptured me out of here on, on Saturday or Sunday, I wouldn't have had much excuse if he asked me what I'd been up to. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I just said. Uh, so that chair, I've been sitting in that chair. So uh, just a bit of a time time of recovery, and I appreciate all of you out there. There's a lot of really really good stuff going on, and I'm going to try to jump in. The doctor, uh, uh, doctor, pastor Mike Spalding is going to join us today. I got some other stuff I want to throw up on the screen. There's a lot of good things that are going on, and uh, I want to let Myra get in here and pray us in before I get too far down the highway on this one. So Myra, come on in here, sweetheart. Do you do your thing. Yes, good morning, Coach. Good morning, Harold. I will be more than happy. It is written, Psalm 130-1-8. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shalt make iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. Thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in the word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say more that they watch for the morning show. Slow. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is precious redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Jesus, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. 
I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, a lot of good things going on. A lot of people doing a lot of stuff. Thank you, Myra. I just, I was really, really prompted by something. Uh, like I said, I, st- I was stuck in my chair most weekend, most of the weekend, just kind of do- doing some reading and some research and some different things. And you know what we're missing in America really more than anything? Uh, we're missing the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I, I wonder, you know, of all the people who went to all the churches in, in America over this past weekend, I wonder how many of them heard a sermon on the fear of the Lord. Or I wonder how many left church with a renewed respect and fear of the Lord. I'd say probably not very many. We, we, don't, even, we don't even talk about it anymore. And understand that uh, we're in the mess that we're in. Why we're in the mess we're in? Because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Is there, is there any fear of the Lord in the land? Is there any fear of the Lord in Washington, D.C.? Is there any fear of the Lord in, in, in your, in your uh, state governments, in your local government, in your school board? Any fear of the Lord? Because there's no fear of the Lord. How can there possibly be any wisdom, folks? How can there possibly be? And we live in a culture and a society today, if you begin to speak to people about uh, the sin, the wages of sin, all of that, so you begin to speak about any of that, they take it personally. You're judgmental, you're hateful. Uh, uh, who are you to judge? We have to love Amen. everybody. And, and, and we've gone so overboard on the love of the Lord that we have, we've lost the fear of him. An honest, as, as I've said before, friends, when I received Christ, when, the night I ran to the altar, it wasn't because they told me how much God loved me. That wasn't what drove me to the altar. What drove me to the order, altar is I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> I knew. I, I knew. I knew who I was. I knew what I was. I knew what I was doing. And I knew that if that Bible was true and that big boy really was sitting there and there's going to be a judgment day, I was in some serious trouble. When the love of the Lord. And you, you ask yourself this, in your church, how often do you hear that message? With the fear of the Lord. So that's an amen on my mouth. <laughs> I knew it would be. Thanks, Stephanie. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We'll get Dr. Mike Spalding in here in a minute. I feel bad I hadn't had him in here. Before I even bring Dr. Mike in, I want to talk to you a bit real quickly about a book that John Brockoff, uh, John Brockoff, uh, pull that up for me, one of our, one of our dear buddies, I call him the Mad Bomber because first time I met John Brockoff was at an Operation Save America event, which is going on this week, by the way. They have an Operation Save America down in, uh, in, in Nashville, I believe it's Nashville. I think Dale's probably down there with him. Praise the Lord for Dale. I used to make it a yearly, we used to be a year, 15, 20 years of my life were spent at Operation Save America events. And uh, John Brockoff came up to me at one of them and uh, trying to see where it was. I, I'm thinking it was Mississippi, although I could be wrong. And he came up and introduced my, himself to me and uh, told me who he was and what he'd done, that he had, he had bombed an abortion clinic down in, uh, in uh, well, he'd born one in Cincinnati and was, was uh, put in jail for uh, trying to bomb one down in Pensacola, Florida. And he said, I just want people to know what I've done. So if they're afraid to associate with me, I don't want them to find out later that I did this. He said, I did it. And I spent 2,477 days, I think I have it right, in federal lockup and yada, yada, yada. Got to hear his story. And, uh, it's amazing, man. It's amazing because John Brockoff had the fear of the Lord. But those little babies being murdered in those abortion clinics, those were real people. Those were real people, and they were God's children. And he was ticked off about it. <laughs> he was ticked off about it. 
And John made sure that he wasn't going to harm anybody. And he staked out the place and went in and he burnt, uh, burnt two abortion clinics to the ground in Cincinnati, Ohio. And ended up, uh, he made sure nobody was in there, nobody got hurt. And he ended up spending, as I said, 2,477 days. And now he's written a book to my great-great-grandchildren. Uh, it's on Amazon. John, just come on here a second. Now, John, I know you. Tell us a story, not your life story. Tell us what this book's about and how people can get it and why you wrote it. Go ahead. Well, uh, like you said, it's about staking out the targets and, uh, and burning them. And it's got some American history in it, some history of the uh, anti-abortion movement, and uh, including uh, a couple of riots that I was in. Back in the old days, we used to riot, including grappling with police. But it was, that was before Operation Rescue. So it's got some American history, a glimpse of the culture of the 1950s and 60s. And uh, the last chapter, uh, I give an account of what happened uh, when Brother Paul Hill was martyred by the state of uh, Florida. Paul Hill is a, a man who uh, killed an abortionist, killed an abortionist. And John said they they martyred him because they gave gave him a death penalty for for having done it. John, when uh, when did you burn these when did these when did you burn these clinics down? Um, on uh, December thirtieth, nineteen eighty five. And uh, it cost you how many years? How many? How much time in jail? Almost seven years. Seven years of your life. So you you uh, you did the crime. You did the time. Folks, one uh, blessings. So, if you want to support John, you can go to, you can go here. Hey, folks, do you believe he's paid his price? Do you believe two thousand four hundred and seventy-seven days he paid his he paid his price? I, I believe he did. Paid a paid a great price for him. So, uh, it's an honor to call John Brock off a friend of mine. And uh, so, so the FBI are listening out there right now. I want you to know this: we do not encourage people to do violence. We don't encourage them to do it. Now, John would argue with me a little bit and say that it's really not violence, that it's, uh, it's self-defense. It's defending the, the, uh, these poor kids. But if, if you're out there in the FBI and you're taking notes right now, which I know you are, uh, uh, John Brockhoff's a friend of mine. I'm not ashamed of the fact that John Brockhoff's a friend of mine. Me, personally, I don't believe in doing that personal harm to people, to buildings. I don't. I, so just saying that right up front so when you pull me in court – uh, you'll have this on record that I said that too, all right? We support John Brockoff, though. We, we love love John Brockoff. Uh, God bless you, John. So they can find it there at Amazon to my great-great-children, the story of what really happened and why why he did it. And it goes back, to my in my opinion, to the fear of the Lord. Man, i got to shut up. i got to get moving. Go, the, uh, go thereforeconference.com. Our, our dear friend, Dr. Mike Spalding, I've asked Mike to join us here this morning to Talk a little bit about that. Coming up this weekend, just west of Dayton, Ohio, Brookville. Brookville. Mike's been doing these for, for quite a while. Mike, uh, come on in here, man. And uh, Again, I'm, I, it just cre- crept up on me. I can't believe it's this weekend. We're going to be there. Talk a little bit of, about the conference, why you're doing it, how, how it got started, and all that stuff. Mike, the floor is yours. Coach, thank you again for the invite. Appreciate it very much. And you and uh, you and this conference have been uh, <laughs> have been intimately involved from the beginning, as you know. You, you're the one constant 
in every in every conference since 2017. Um, and uh, and I'm honored to call you friend, Coach. That's Mike. So, Amen. Um, and so listen, Mike, folks, right now we're we're scrolling the screen so everybody can see who's going there. So you oh, okay. So there you go. I'm not going to go through that list of uh, presenters. Um, the, the 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 whole point in this coach to, from the very beginning was to equip the body to go out and do stuff that's yeah. that's that's the point it's not to to borrow one of your analogies it's not to to give people don't need more knowledge they've already got all they need to take action they so we're yeah. just trying to encourage them and motivate them to go out and get involved in and as everybody in the huddle understands, it's got to start at the grassroots. Just forget Washington, D.C. It's a it's a lost cut. They're putting up more barbed wire. Did you see that? Yes. 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 <laughs> They're scared. You talk about the fear of the Lord. <laughs> They're scared of us, friends. Let me tell you. So so forget about that cesspool. That, let's just torch. Well, no, I can't say that because they'll drag yeah. me to court. So, so. That's anyway, right. That's right. Uh, yeah. You understand. So it's got to start grassroots. It's got to start with your mayor. It's got to start with your county commissioners, with your city council, the school board. That's where you got to go. You got to start and you'll make a difference because once you turn the tide there and you begin telling the state, go pound sand, then that's going to have a ripple effect. There are there are patriots, God fearing, American loving people all over uh, this nation, we just need to come yeah. together. So that's what we're doing at, at, at Go Therefore. That's the whole point. And um, reclaiming so, and finding the strong. I, I, that I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but uh, we ahead. have a special special on Thursday night. That's really not even part of this. Dr. Stella Emanuel. I don't know if you can pull her face back up there, as that producer, if you can get her back up there. She's going to do a special deliverance service. Now, friends, if you don't know who Dr. Stella Emanuel is, she was one of them, the original doctors that went to Washington, D.C. She is a minister of the gospel, a pastor, and a doctor. And she's going to do a deliverance service Thursday night. So if you get a chance, folks, to come in. Uh, Michelle and I just got a hold of Mike yesterday. I said, God, God, I didn't realize it as I'm sitting in my lazy chair all weekend. I said, oh, my goodness, we'll be there. We're going to be there. I want to be there on Thursday night to to hear Dr. Stella speak as well. So I'm sorry if some of you, this is kind of a late notice, but it'd be worth your time to get, to get down there for, uh, for this event. Mike, how do they, how they register for it and everything? Yeah. So then go to the conference website. Thank you, Spencer. Go thereforeconference.com and register there. Um, and this, this conference, the, the theme, what I wanted the speakers to think about was what what the task is before us. So America is a captured operation, right? Jesus tells us that in Matthew chapter 12. He says, Satan has a kingdom, folks. He uh-huh. has a kingdom, and he's got uh, property or possessions in this kingdom. And he tells us in Matthew 12, you get down to about verse 29 or so, he says, listen, you're not going to free, you're not going to take the possessions of the strong man, which is Satan. You're not going to take those away unless you bind him. So this is spiritual warfare. And this is this is Christianity 101. Should be. The Lord always goes before me, before you. It seems like every time we chat, something you say, it's like, yeah, well, I just did that. So so <laughs> so yesterday, yeah. yesterday during the service, I, I gotta tell you, I, we were talking about 
place and the importance of theology in the sense that it informs your mind and that results in action. So if you've got the right thinking, you're going to have the right action. And, and I told folks, listen, there, there, has to be, there has to be a fear of the Lord. Uh, and I'll give you the, the biblical picture real quick. That is when, when, when God called Moses and he said, I want you to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Well, why did he want Pharaoh to let his people go? Everybody says, well, he wanted to take them to the promised land. Well, there was some place in between. The, the first objective was he wanted them to come to Mount Sinai, right? He said, let my people go to go into the, go into the wilderness and what? Worship me. Worship me. Now, he didn't say, and you're free to do anything you want, to express yourself any way you want, just have mass chaos and call it worship. No. God told him, here is how you approach me. There is a manner and a method. And the first thing they did was consecrate themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is how you approach me after you've consecrated yourselves. Moses was telling them, and, and, and teaching them the fear of the Lord in that Hang instant. on a second, Mike. Hang on a second. Hey, Spencer, pull up consecrated in Webster's. Go ahead, Mike. So, so there, there is a manner, there is a way. We're not free to approach God any way that we please, Coach. That's the pro- one of the problems with the modern Americanized church is that we think we can approach God any way we want to. There is a prescribed manner in, in the fear of the Lord, in reverence and in awe and in worship and in humbling ourselves before him. And what's the point in all of that? When you experience the presence of the Lord in that way, in that Mm. method and in that manner, then he gives you Holy Spirit power. Amen. You plug into the source, then you're enabled to go out and do the stuff, as we say. (laughs) You know, Mike, I was was thinking as you were saying that about how, uh, most of them, most Americans, including myself, it's hard for all of us. We get into hero worship, right? So if you if you had the opportunity to meet uh, Donald Trump, let's say, my goodness, you'd be on your best behavior. You'd have your hat folded under your arm. You would have your shoes shined up. You would come in. You'd come in very timidly and uh, extend your hand. Nice to meet you, Mr. President. And, or if you wanted to meet some, pick any any famous person, you would have a great respect for that person for whatever reason, right? But Mike, we we just kind of walk up. Uh, we walk up to the Lord in our blue jeans with holes in our sandals, right? We walk, hey, how you doing, dude? Hey, what what's going on here, right? No, no reverence for the Lord and consecrated. I had to pull it up here. Is a participle passive made sacred by ceremonies of solemn rites, separated from a common to a sacred. You. So when you are consecrated before the Lord, you put yourself and all your all your dreams. You lay you lay that stuff all down, and you put on a different mantle, and you go and you get to go meet the president, and you're on your best behavior, and you're in a ceremonial uh, mindset, and you walk in there, and you're devoted or dedicated to the service and the worship of God. Mike, we don't do that very much, do we? We we just walk into church, we just go do whatever, just like hey 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 Lord, how you doing, Lord? Hey. Hey, anybody seen LeBron James? I'd like to meet LeBron James. Just a second, Jesus. That's really, that's really where we are, isn't it, folks? Yeah. That's, and, and, and because we do, we've become so familiar and so comfortable with God. Whew. I think that's yeah. a dangerous place to be in. It is a dangerous place to be in. It's it's really uh, 
it's really a combination. I don't want to get too deep in the the weeds here, Coach, but it's really a combination of all of the isms that has flooded America for for the last hundred years and, and has driven people to judge the quote-unquote experience. Was the sermon good? Was the worship good? Did I get the warm fuzzies? Did I have this experience? It's, it's really mysticism cloaked. And and it is leading people astray because oh, listen, amen. it isn't about you, friends. It isn't about you. It's about him. And when we come together, it's about worshiping him. And we're not worshiping him, Coach. This is a pet peeve of mine. We're not worshiping him when we sing songs about us. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that straight. Amen. Because <laughs> that's exactly what's going on in so many places today. I call it I call it uh, moral therapeutic deism. Hmm. What that means is we come in and we want to feel better about ourselves when we leave. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, there's probably a good many of it, me included that uh, we don't need to feel good about ourselves. We need to be reminded about who he is and what he has given us to do. And if there's things in our lives that need corrected, we better humble ourselves and allow him to correct those things. That's Jeremiah, the, the, the potter's wheel. So, Mike, that's what, that's what I tell, tell people. When I leave church, I, I want to feel worse than when I went. <laughs> I, want, I, I, want to, I want to realize how much I've missed the mark, how short I've fallen in my daily walk of the Lord. Not, folks, not a condemnation. The Bible says right. there is now, therefore, no condemnation. Not my wife beat me over the head. You're a horrible husband. You're a horrible fa-. No, 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 no. But conviction. Conviction. Yeah. Come on, man. You can do better. Come on, coach, you can, you can do better than that. The Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. That's right. When I get in my car after a sermon, I want to, I want to have been convicted. Not of, not of how much the Lord loves me, but how short I've fallen. Well, and that's how you know. You, it, when you're in the assembly of the congregation, when you're in the ecclesia, the true ecclesia, the, the folks that are in touch with God, that, that really know God, you'll know because he will pour into you Amen. Uh, by his spirit through everything that happened through conversations during and after through, through, through the music ministry, the Holy Spirit's going to be in operation through, through the teaching of the word, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to be in operation and friends, it should yeah. be the teaching of the scriptures, not uh, stories about my vacation stories about uh, what I did this week. It should be an an exposition of the scriptures that is going to enable you to connect with the presence of God. So let me make, let me make a connection here, Mike, with something because I'm, I'm going to see Glenn wants to get in. I'm going to bring Glenn in here in a second. Uh, We met on Saturday morning, me and Glenn and Mike Blake and uh, Dennis Fashball and and Reggie, Oh, Reggie, Reggie tagged along. She wants wants some breakfast, but we are we're getting ready to launch a um, an outreach to men uh, here. We I, we really don't know we don't really know uh, don't really know what to do, Mike. Because look, folks, there are there are so many men who are wounded, who feel inadequate in their walk, who are uh, who are, have have strived to follow the Lord and have fallen back. So many young guys who want to serve the Lord but don't even really know what that looks like. And we're trying to figure out how we can pull together a men's – I hate that hate that term – a men's ministry. I, I had three phone calls this last week from 
uh, I'm saying this in a nice way, guys who used to be uh, part of the queue. Three of them just called me out of the blue. Said, Coach, man, man, have I tripped and fallen. I've tripped and fallen. Coach, I don't don't even know how to come back. I I hesitated. I didn't want to call you. I felt – I just – I felt horrible. I said, I can't call him. I can't call him. And they did. And we – that's, what, that's part of what we're supposed to be doing, right? Throwing lifelines to our brothers out there, right? Yeah. Rebuilding men. And I know that's one of Jonathan's, uh, Jonathan's uh, the heart of Jonathan Keener is, hey, we got to rebuild, man. We have to, we have to rebuild the man. We have yeah. to rebuild the father. We have to rebuild. We've got to get these young guys and get them back in. We have to retrain them on exactly what's going on and where we are. And I know you feel that same thing, Mike. And I want to say yeah. this. Every time I beat up on pastors, which is quite regularly, I'm not including Mike Spalding. I, want to, I, I know you know that, Mike. And sometimes maybe you want to punch through the screen and hit me in the mouth, say, oh, yeah, you, want to, you think it's easy? Give it a try. Well, uh, I, I get it, right? But at the same time, I can't look the other way and say, well, the pastors are doing great. They have a great t- – churches have great coaches. They just got lousy players. Uh, that didn't work on a football field, and it doesn't, it doesn't work in a church either. Glenn, Glenn, come on in here real quick, Glenn. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Boy, do we need to reel some of these men back in that just uh, three of them, fell off three the of wagon. Them. Uh, yep. Dr. Mike, it's really good to hear from you again. Uh, it's been a, been a long you, time man. since you've been in the, in the queue here. Uh, are you? I saw that you're streaming this, uh, and if you get the streaming, uh, is it still available after the conference to watch? Yes. Yep, yep. It'll be archived, and and we don't put an end date on it. Um, some folks put it up there. You got two weeks or thirty days now. It's if if you paid for the streaming, then it's just going to be up there, and um, you can watch it whenever. Okay, folks, Does listen. That... I would ask, listen, I would ask uh, as many of you who can to purchase the streaming because you can watch it later on. But listen, it helps Mike out financially. They've invested a lot into making this thing be successful, folks. Some of you can't make it. You can't pay the $59. To, you, you can't be there. You just can't be there. But you just heard what Glenn said. If you purchase the streaming, you have it. You can watch it whenever you want to. And the speakers, man, oh, man, I got a lot of great ones. But, look, you guys know where I stand on it, right? I got enough head knowledge. I don't need, I don't need to hear one more speaker. I mean, I will. You get what I'm saying? I know what I need to do. I got a mess I got to clean up before I go hear another speaker. That's, that's kind of the way that I see it. So if you were to purchase this and have it archived, then you can go back and look at it, uh, look at it later. Uh, Mel, come on in. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know that the Liberty Action Network is going to be there. Craig Mickle, Reggie Fashbaugh, and I are going to be there. We're directly connected now to David Summerall and his team. So we're going to be um, talking about the action that we've created. And um, we're going to also kind of – give an example of how to go from that head knowledge to action. As as some of you have seen, I've put together some staking starter kits so that once you learn about staking, that you can come over to to our table and say, and and get for a donation, get a staking starter kit so that you can take (laughs) head knowledge and say, you know what, I can go home today at this moment and stake my house. And, and that will give you information how to do that. So we're trying to set an example. We're trying to stand in the gap and kind of be that bridge between head knowledge and action. And so with the action that you have pulled up right there, 
we're trying to engage all of the different um, roles in our team and we're developing it's coming along really well we're creating templates for letters to congress we're creating um, you know key points if you want to write a letter to a prisoner um, the bible verses that support what we're what our responsibility is to prisoners so we're working on this it's coming along we're going to launch seven prisoners at a time um, to do this action for we're staking the prison so um, anyway it's very exciting it's coming along um, but um, Pastor Mike we're going to see you on I'm going to be there Thursday for Dr. Estella and I'll be staying the whole weekend so I look forward to seeing you again. okay so uh, um, Mike I'm going to I'm going to continue in this vein but I'm going to transition yeah. uh, you say if there's anything else you want to say Mike you can you can stay with us I know that you got more you want to do anything else because I'm going to talk about relates directly to this, Mike, but isn't about this, if that makes sense. Yep, yep, sure does. Coach, I appreciate the, the invite and the opportunity to share with the my brothers and sisters. It has been a while, and, um, you know, I'm always open to, to join you in any time, talk about it. anything. And and uh, just for the record, um, I don't take offense at anything you say about pastors because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the shoe fits, right, Mike? The shoe fits. The shoe fits. Yep. The shoe fits. Yeah. Mike, again, how do they get to streaming? Is that is that up there on the same page? Can you it pull is. That back uh, so, so when you when you do the tickets, it'll it'll give you the option for for live streaming or in person. So make sure you do the live streaming, like uh, Spencer shown there on the screen. Yeah. Um, so it's just even supported, just because they they've invested a lot in this. So just I just purchase it, man. Purchase a live stream, and and uh, you can watch it when, when, whenever you need to. There. Hey, thank you, Coach. Bless you, Mike. We'll see you. Looking forward to meeting you. See you there okay. Thursday for, doc, for Dr. Stella. <clears throat> I want to. Uh, I want to show you guys how. Uh, well, let me get a couple in it. Craig, not you, because I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to weave into you, Craig. So hang on there a second. Jonathan, go ahead. So we were talking about action, <clears throat> and um, the Lord gave me speak, Lord, for your servant hears, and in that context where Samuel, as a young man. He's in a, a bad time in Israel. He's being raised up as a young man, just like Josiah. And it's as simple. Sometimes things are so simple we miss it. Mm-hmm. That if we, and what does it take to hear from God? It takes consecration. It takes slowing everything down. It takes meditation on his glory and his majesty and how awesome he is. It takes time with him. And then from that position, we begin to get the instructions. I think action without a relationship with the Lord as our father, intimate, is going to lead to trouble. So Samuel here is a beautiful example. He thought it was Eli. Eli said, no, 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 no. This is what you need to do. You need to go lay down and say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So first of all, if you don't understand what it means to be a servant, you're not even going to do the right things or you're going to do it in the wrong spirit. When we, like you said, fear of the Lord, that comes is servant life is a fear of the Lord life, right? I am, I am a bond servant to Jesus. That's what's not being taught in the church. It's, they're not teaching us that Jesus is our boss, like that Jesus is in charge, that he's the king. And so when you start to pray, you adore like acts the the form of a good prayer is starts with adoration. I don't think that stuff's being taught anymore. 
And I think that's what's missing, obviously. It's that old line. It's not hell and brimstone. It's just lifting God up very, very high in our heart. And out of that majesty of who he is, our confidence goes up that he's going to, you know, we're going to be successful. Our confidence goes up that he's in charge of the whole earth. Our confidence goes up that he's going to fix all of our personal problems. And our confidence goes up that he can actually help us win in our local community. It's just a matter of, of timing. I think a lot of it is waiting upon the Lord. And, and uh, I know you're a man of action. I love you guys. You, I love, it's what it draws me to you, you this, this huddle, is you're all people of action. You want to do But I think it's just as important for us to hear clearly what the local actions should be. Amen. Place of quietness. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me, uh, uh, I'll be right, I'll be right with you, Craig. I want to get this in before I bring you in. If you could, excuse me, pull up Dutch, producer, pull up Dutch. It's a standalone email there. I just want to show you how in tune we are. Oh, by the way, my Brideon show today, Sheila Holmes joining me at the Brideon show today at 11 o'clock, if you guys want to jump in there with us. Uh, uh, Dutch Sheets does something, give me called 50, give, give him 15. He does a little uh, prayer thing every, every day, 15 minutes. And this one was really, really unusual. Uh, uh, Spencer, put it at about 1.75, because I want you to hear what Dutch Sheets and these uh, two guys with him are talking about and see if maybe we aren't on the cutting edge of this. Go ahead and play this real quickly. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for a different Give Him 15. As you can tell, I'm not in the studio. I'm in Washington, D.C. with a couple of friends of mine. Greg Hood is with me, Randy Lobsher. You have heard both of them on the post before. And we're here on prayer assignment. We didn't know if we would do this today, try to do a program or a post from here, but decided that it would be beneficial to do so. So we didn't bring a crew. This is just a pass the mic around thing, right. talk for a couple of minutes about what we felt, what the Lord was saying to us, and encourage you. And uh, we can't just do these live because we transcribe them, as you know. We have thousands of people every day that watch the posts or that participate with us that don't listen or watch. They just read it. They prefer to read it. So any post that we release, we have to have it in a written form. So that's why we don't just do live programs here. But anyway, we we will talk to you today about what we experienced yesterday at the uh, White House when we prayed. We were on the mall. I had received a a prophetic word of sorts, a prophetic assignment from my friend Chuck Pierce, who said, I feel the month of July is extremely important for Washington, D.C. And if you can break through, I don't remember his exact language, but that's the gist of it. If you can break through there in July, you can take the city. Mm. And then, of course, the Lord gave my brother, Tim Sheets, and I've, I've talked about his dream on the post, gave him a dream uh, in which he was standing at the White House on July 4th, decreeing into uh, the White House. So I knew July was important. I talked to Chuck and said, well, do you feel like there's anything you need to pass on to me prophetically for the month of July? And uh, he said, you need to go. You need to go to D.C. I see you standing in, on the Washington Mall. I see a wind coming, and I hear you decreeing that the portal that has been opened to evil there is now being closed. And so I never do that sort of thing by myself. I always bring people with me to help me. And so we, we came yesterday to do that. I would just say, as always here, Holy Spirit was very faithful yeah, to speak to us. We knew he was talking to us. We knew he was leading us in our prayers, in our decrees. Uh, and just as Chuck said, when we arrived at the mall, the winds kicked up. I mean, it blew so hard, it blew a sign over uh, next to where we were standing. Uh, and then we just looked at each other and said, here we are. <laughs> it's happening. And that was just, just okay, it's not that we feel like wind was doing something. Down, in the spirit. Down. Here's the point, folks. This is the point. That we, we and I credit uh, um, a brain red dead, uh, Steve Hemphill, <clears throat> for having the vision to stake, to walk. Every place you put your foot, given unto you unto an inheritance. 
evidently the Lord has spoken the same message to Dutch Sheets to where he went to Washington, D.C. I don't know if they staked them all, but they went there and they prayed over them all, reclaimed them all, everywhere you put your foot. This is the action that we are supposed to be engaging in at this time. I believe it from in the very depth of my being that we, as he said, portals are being closed. Portals, avenues, openings for the evil one, power structures of the evil one are being broken right in front of us, friends, right in front of us. And so we have to be, we have to be aware of two things. Our ability to fight, fight spiritual warfare, to what it is we're supposed to do, as simple as going and reclaiming ground, staking ground, Jericho walks, all that stuff is not wishful stuff. It's obedience to the Lord. He told us, put your foot there, and you claim it, and it's yours. Why? Because it belongs to me, and I'm saying it's yours. And I believe the vision that Dutch Sheets have and others, it's the same vision from the Lord, that we are supposed to go reclaim these high places. Shut the portals, close them, and go reclaim them for the cause of Christ. Now, it won't happen overnight. You won't shut a portal. It's not like you turn the spigot off and you don't see the water in the, anymore. You, touch, you turn the spigot off. It may still dra- drip for a while. There may still be water, and still, but the water source has been cut off. The power source has been cut off. So I want to I bring Craig in here. It's amazing, Craig, that you would jump in here because I wanted to share this morning what you guys have done. Where, where is it here, Coach? Where, there it is. Pull it up there, if you would, uh, Spence. It says Maryland on it. Because Craig sent out a, 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 a missive. A, a, he sent out a, here it is, an email to the Salt and Light Brigade in Maryland. And uh, I don't know what he says. There's 50-some people on this email. And he goes down and explains what they did and yada, yada. Craig, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shut up a little bit. I'm going to step back. And I want you to tell me what you sense is going on with what you guys are doing where you are. Here they're the five. See, this takes time to go through this because he lays out for his, for his pencil, I'm sorry, for his Maryland Salt and Light Brigade going down bottom. Here are the five areas for prayer, child, children, sexual identity, sex trafficking, grooming, state abortion laws, pharmacia exposure, government leaders, national repentance. So not only is Craig and his team involved with what we're doing and what Mel's doing with the Liberty Action Network, they are themselves getting organized. See, this is a model of how this thing ought to work. And he said, this is what we're going to be doing to the 50-some people that they have. Please join us. Craig, come on in. I don't know if that's why you came in this morning, but I'm glad you did come in this morning and explain exactly what's going on there. Yeah, um, I came in to comment about your three men, and I'll I'll sum up that real quick because it was very short. But no, you know, we had the, you know, we had the spiritual warfare conference and, you know, the stakes, you know, we, we have a history of that between me and you. Uh, but what, uh, what I'm encouraged in is, is in a way we're strategically placed just because of our location. And so we, you know, because where we are, we have certain responsibilities as, as a group. And so what we're trying to do is, is, um, you know, you get the warm fuzzies after a conference, right. But then, you know, everybody goes about their way. So, I'm just trying to lay out a plan, keep connected with people. And also, you know, one of my prayers in, in doing this is, is, hey, I'm just a man, Lord. I said, I can't do this by myself. I can't do these. There's t- there is so much evil. Sometimes, you know, when I gave my presentation, I said, you feel the whole world's on your, you know, where do you start? Well, mm. you, what do you do with an elephant? Just take one, you know, just start somewhere and let the Lord, 
give room for the Lord to work. That's what I've been telling people. You have to give, if you think it's all your mind and idea and all this kind of stuff, and you don't leave the room for the Lord to work, um, I don't know how well it's going to turn out. But the Lord's given me the people. Terry Flynn was the one, you know, uh, we talked about that because there's something that really hit on my soul the last month or two, and it's, it's, it's about being of one accord. You know, the Bible talks about us being of one accord. Now, you know, we all have different views about certain things that really don't amount to a hell of beings, but we can definitely be of one accord about certain things. Amen. And the power and the power of being united, not only in prayer, but in action and asking God to give you the people and the army to accomplish the task is very, very important. So, you know, in that email, I was just saying, you know, at uh, nine o'clock, Terry, she's been doing this, Terry Flynn, let's all get together. Let's agree that these five things are bad. We don't need to tell you what to pray. I mean, I don't need, we don't need to baby food you. You're, you're a soldier Amen. of the Lord. Okay. But just come to agreement about that and, and, and let God work. See how, it, see how some of these things might start to come about. Amen. And I, I salute you, Craig. And, and this is kind of a model that some of you guys, uh, that sounds, you say that doesn't sound good. Some of you guys, I would just encourage some of you to uh, to just grab the bull by the horns a little bit more. You know, just grab the bull like uh, Glenn and uh, Dennis said, Coach, man, we got to do something for men. Now, friends, I don't know if you know this. I don't need something else to do. I don't. Dennis said, no, you don't have to do it, Coach. We'll do it. We can, we'll, we'll pull this together. And so Dennis and, <clears throat> and Mike and and uh, Glenn are working behind the scenes, pulling this thing together. We are, we are a multifaceted machine, a lot of moving parts. And not always can, are you directly connected to the power source? Meaning, I don't have to always call the play. Craig called a play. Mel can call a play. Jonathan can call a play. Jeff can call a play. We just need to get organized, and whatever that play is, no matter how small it is, no matter how territorial it is, we have to actually begin. Folks, this is the easiest way to get people involved. You simply ask them to come with you and pray. (laughs) You don't ask them to go hold a sign. You don't ask them to go pound on the congressman's door. You say, listen, I'm going to go stake our county courthouse. Would you please come and pray with me? These kind of things are great introductory introductory opportunities that you guys need to pick up and run with a little bit more. Start with a family. Start with a neighbor. Whatever. Help to get them involved. Because most people, they don't even know there's a game to play, let alone how to play the game. And I want every one of you to think of your own spiritual growth from being in here for however many years you've been in here, into this queue, your own spiritual growth as a result of it. And it's because why? Here, we encourage you to do. Go do. And as you do that, it's like anything else. Any muscle you exercise gets stronger. You exercise that faith muscle, it gets stronger. Go and do. Go ye into all the world. Go and do. Go and do. It doesn't have to be wait on Coach Dave to give you an order to go and do just to develop some initiative on your own, and you'll find out that there are... Okay, I heard that, Lord. I heard that. 
We need army reserves. Who are, anybody in the military? Who are the reserves? Aren't those the guys that used to be actively involved? And now they're just sitting at the at the at the American Legion drinking beer? Not all of them, just a joke. The reserves? How many reserves are there out there? How many reserves are out there as reinforcements looking for some place to plug in, but they don't know where to plug in? And that, I believe that's the role that uh, I believe that's the role that we have to play. Um, Myra, come on in. Then, then Mel. Well, one more, one more thing, Coach. Ahead, you know, okay, leave, always, always leave room, like you said. Con- don't put in condemnation, but put in conviction. So when I always try to write something, I try to convict. I try to open a door and say, okay. Holy Spirit, I've done my part. You got to do yours. You got to convict these people to to come along. You got to leave room for the Lord to get the glory. And and he will. He honors that. He honors that template. Amen. Craig, I'm thinking about Jesus when he's in the garden. What's he say to those guys who fell asleep? He says, dudes, you mean he couldn't stay awake for an hour? Right. He convicted him. And so use a little bit of that. Come on, folks. You mean you can't go with me to pray? You can't go with me and pray? Yeah, Craig, that's that's a that's a good thought. Go ahead, Mel, then uh, Myra. Yeah, I just wanted to um, put out a prayer request that um, we do have some staking teams that are starting to go out to stake some of these prisons. So we don't want to be too specific about which ones are where. So just be in prayer this week about... Um, you know, covering them in protection as they begin their work. Amen. So that's why my heart started beating when I read what Craig wrote this morning to his team. But are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Go. Because each one of these teams are local, aren't they? Ultimately, each one of these little brigades are local. Do your own thing, man. Come on. You don't need our approval. Myra. Yes, Coach. In regard to our beautiful huddle, all of us in the queue, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 7. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the much uh, received the word in much affection with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you become examples to all Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And again, I, I to try to connect some dots here, reconnect some dots here. The truth is that, uh, again, I was thinking about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of knowledge. And if you really, if you were to do it, I'm doing an assessment in my brain as I'm, as I'm saying this. That's why I'm hesitating. If, if you were to do a real assessment and understand that most people are not being trained or taught to fear the Lord anymore, we have a superficial fear. But think of the fear that you would have. I, I was thinking about uh, this last weekend as I was sitting around in my chair, not, not vegetating, I watched I watched a video on the storming of Omaha Beach. And then I watched another video on the rice paddies of Vietnam. Then I watched an old veteran, just a two-minute clip of this old veteran, a 101-year-old veteran, 
talking about the fear of being in battle and how you didn't know who was going to pop up around what corner and every step that you're walking, that you're going, that you got to be alert knowing that somebody maybe is going to jump out from behind a tree and pop you. And uh, that leads to PTSD. You wake up in the middle of the night, boom, the guy's jumping out from behind a tree and shooting your buddy. And this stuff's all real, right? It's, it's all real. And I, and I thought about it and said, man, what if we feared the Lord that much? What if, what if we were afraid at any moment he was going to pop up around the corner and call us into account for, for what we were doing? What if we had an understanding of how important his death, burial, and resurrection was to him? How important that was to him? Like guys getting shot in the rice paddies, getting blown up on, on the Hamburg Hill. Or got actual real people, real men, uh, Civil War guys who actually shot some of them, their cousins. And we don't, we don't picture it. We don't understand that we really are engaged in that kind of war around us all the time. But it's not, it's not, it's not bullets. But it's just as destructive. And to understand that the God placed us here, gave us a military commission to do what? To engage the enemy. That's what we're supposed to be doing to engage the enemy. God didn't come to simply protect us from the enemy. He came to train us to engage the enemy. And that's not that's just not taught in churches. Come on in, Paul and Janine. It's this is a really good show today, Coach. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff I think teaches a lot of complacency where you don't really talk about the fear of the Lord. I mean, two of the most really thought provoking scriptures for me are when Jesus says, Depart from me, I knew you not. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I prophesied in your name. I preached in your name. And I'm like, man, and narrow it, narrow is the, broad is the gate, narrow is the way. I mean, these are scriptures that churches don't even talk about anymore. They just kind of like, you know, it's, they forget that part. And it's like, this is a, it's a daily thing. And repentance daily. I, it's like, like I said before, like changing oil in the car. If you don't change oil in your car, you know, maybe a Ferrari. If you don't change that oil, that engine is going to go and, you know, yep. and that's why I look at repentance. It's it's, day, it's just constantly reminding yourself, you know, keeping that, being aware of what's going on. And it's something I'm, the Lord's really dealing with me. And, and as far as what you did on Saturday with the men, I I, I aim in that. And I'm I, anything I can do to help, if there is a way I can help, I'd love to do it. Because I really agree. This, that's the, it's a key, key thing. So. Yeah. Wounded soldiers. We got to go get some of those wounded soldiers. These these wounded soldiers don't want to be wounded. They don't want to be, but then they don't have any way to get back up on their feet. They, they've fallen into the pit and they can't get out. Right? We got to help them get out. Bless you, bless you, Paul. Hey, listen, friends. If you watch Coach Dave live, I want you to know this: we don't preach a costless Christianity here. If you're not willing to put some skin in the game, go go someplace else. All right, just go someplace else. Because we don't, we don't preach that greasy, greasy message that's permeating most of America's churches. We're preaching a church. It's time to enlist in an army to fight against the forces of darkness. That's what, that's, that's what Christianity is really about. Come on in, Jimmy. Amen. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's really interesting that you're bringing this up because a couple of weeks ago I 
presented a study and we broke down um, Proverbs 3, 13 and 14. And that's as happy as the man that findeth wisdom. Now you're talking about getting uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but happy is the man that findeth the wisdom and the mm. man that getteth understanding. Yes, ma'am. Um, that, that is so important because if you go into Revelation and you're looking at, um, you're reading, oh, uh, let's see here. It is uh, Revelation 6 and 7, which, which is the first angel's message. He says, judgment is come. And he tells you to fear God. You pull all those, that thread through it, and you've got quite a responsibility and yeah. quite a, um, a badge of, of honor, actually, if you're getting the wisdom. Because he says in verse 13 of uh, 14 of Proverbs, he says, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and of uh, gain of there of a fine gold. That underst- you get wisdom, but you better get understanding. Amen. Amen. Good word there, Janine. God bless you. Let's get Roger in, then Jonathan. Go ahead, Roger. <clears throat> oh, Dave, I was just going to say it always intrigues me, this issue of evangelism, because uh, the two or three major studies I've ever read is if you get the father, if you get the husband, if you get the dad, the ability for the entire family to come to Christ is huge. It's not even close if you get mommy. It's not even close if the kid gets saved at vacation Bible school. If you connect with the father, the husband, many times, large percentage, the family will flow towards Christ. Amen, amen, Roger. And it's a, it causes a, a deeper commitment. Let, let me explain. I'll be right with you, Jonathan, I promise. Uh, I just got to share this. I got, I got, a, uh, you know, getting ready to build the pond. It's sky high. It's big. It's a big undertaking. And Steve Deck was out here, you know, a couple weeks ago, and and Ken was out here, and Johnny Burkeen was out here, and and I heard uh, yesterday or two days ago from both John Johnny Burkeen and Ken said, Coach, I want to come down and help finish that thing we started with those trees. Can I, can I come right after OSA? Can I, Coach, can I show up there at Sky High and help cut up some of those trees and some of that work that we didn't get finished? John Burkeen's coming all the way from Mississippi. Well, he's in, he's in Tennessee right now because he's at the Operation Save America. He says, Coach, I'm halfway there. I said, you're seven hours away. He says, oh, yeah, that, that's nothing, Coach. I, I want to I come up and finish what I started. And Ken said the same thing. Coach, when can I come down? Folks, the point I'm making, see, men want to be engaged. Men, when they get engaged, their faith grows. It strengthens them. They want to be around more like-minded men. They don't want to be afraid. They want to be brave. They want to get actively involved. They want to put their, they want to put their, their feet and their hands to the plow. That's what they want to do. Amen. But the American church is offering them no opportunity to do it. No op- no opportunity. Amen, Cody. Amen, baby. I know it. Jonathan, come on in. Yeah, so because of the things we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks about what's coming in the fall, what I've been doing is uh, 
just on my Facebook because I don't think I think it's important for me to be on Facebook because the community is on Facebook. I want to have a voice in the you know be that guy in the corner that keeps prophesying about the future and what God's doing. So that's what I've been doing for the last few years. But I see these lockdowns shutting down schools, right? And I'm saying to myself, can we stop it in my community? Can can we raise up a standard in our county? at our school board with our coaches and teachers and principals, do we have to go with whatever state of North Carolina says? That's what I'm thinking about right now. And so I'm starting to tease out, will you lock down again for monkeypox or whatever? Cause it's coming, Jonathan. Right. I so let me, let me just, we're talking about teletrafficking, which I think is another good stake to, to stake a town that we end it in our town, all child trafficking the police not being, um, you know, involved and, in, you know, exposing corruption, all that. But what about staking? We're not going to lock down in our community. Can <laughs> we, can we say that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we better get doing it, bud. Because <laughs> I just saw today monkey pox is coming and it's coming for sure. Oh my goodness. Good thought, John. Staking. <laughs> no masks. No lockdowns. I'm with you on that one. Reggie. Thanks, Coach, and thank you for breakfast. <laughs> um, for I was just tagging along. I, was I, wasn't, like I, wasn't, pick, I wasn't picking on you, Reggie. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I was laughing. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to state this because I see something happening. Other people may see it, but I see it in a different way. I Since I've been around the group, I have seen it a shifting happening. And it's the most beautiful thing. The women were the doers mostly. I'm not saying there weren't men that weren't doing, but I am seeing the men starting to come together from all walks of life. God is bringing them and there is something happening. There's talents and gifts and there's militant knowledge. And I just want to put that out there that these men that I have met personally, I have hugged, I have talked with, I have prayed with, there is an unbelievable, insurmountable amount of gifts that are within these men and the women need to start encouraging them because you are the leaders and this is is, is how it's supposed to work. So God bless you all. And I am so excited to see what God's going to do here. I am too. I am too. And uh, look, uh, I've been doing this a long time. (laughs) I've been planting a lot of, lot of seeds, a lot of seeds. And uh, a lot of times it gets frustrated because well, just didn't, didn't get done fast. It just didn't get done. That's, you know, I lament to Michelle, God, when are they going to get it? When are they going to step up? And I just want to let you know that my heart's full of encouragement today because it is, it's happening. It really, it really is happening. And people really, really are waking up. And we really, really are beginning for the first time to get the ball rolling in the right direction. But as I've spoken many times about football and momentum, momentum's everything. We have to understand that momentum is our way. We have to understand that our enemy is gravely wounded, gravely wounded. And now is the time that we have to double down and move forward. We, 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 got, we got to do it, man. We got to go. We got to go all. Have you guys looked at the prices, the inflation? How? Hey, folks, how are people going to continue to live? How are these guys who are living down here in 
Perry County, Ohio, and driving every day to Columbus, Ohio to work, how long are they going to continue to be able to do that and still feed their families? So a lot of these things we have no control over, but a lot of things we do have control over. And as this old saying goes, politics is local, and it's going to be these small groups of men and women all across America locally getting together, pushing back. It's going to, going to make all the difference. Now is not the time to faint. As, as uh, Winston Churchill said, this will be our finest hour. What a time to be alive. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.